welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode is the fifth part of our series called Revolutionary, with the conversation being led by Olivia Ajiake. All right. All right. Well, it's good to, good to hear everyone talking and mingling. It's good to be family again together. And uh, if this is your first time here, we're, we're really glad uh, you're with us in this family sort of setting. And the reason uh, why, why we use that description uh, of family is not just because it's a, it's a nice, warm kind of image or metaphor, but also uh, the person of Jesus. When Jesus described the people who were on a spiritual journey with him, he actually chose to use the family metaphor to describe their relationship with each other. And I think that's really important that we realize that this comes from the heart and mind of Jesus. Now, I realize, again, not all of us uh, subscribe to Jesus. Not all of us are, uh, you know, following him for our spirituality. But here at Ethnos, we really do think Jesus has a unique place, a unique role to play in the spiritual journey for all of us, regardless of our faith background. And so we do like to use his thoughts, his teachings, his paradigms for our time here. And so thank you for taking this moment to say hi to family, to use that paradigm for interaction here. And uh, we're actually going to continue on and think through some of the teachings of Jesus now in the rest of our time here together. Now, part of family... Uh, is also realizing that all of us have something to contribute to the family. Uh, I think many of us already know that. If we call Ethnos kind of our spiritual community, uh, we realize we have something to give here. We have something to contribute. You notice everyone up here on, this, on, on the stage doing music, people all around. There some, many, many of us already realize we have something to contribute. The leading of our discussions here is also something that a number of people are gifted at doing. And so often, not well, not too often, but more often, I think, this year, what you will see as we go through our discussions on Sundays is that there will be other people coming up here to lead discussions. I've, I've been actually working with a group of people here at Ethos to help lead these times with us. And so today, we have the special privilege of not having me lead the next segment of discussion, but having one of our family members here lead the discussion. Uh, you've actually heard her lead before uh, a few times, and she's going to continue to do that here at Athnos and grow in uh, to a really awesome teacher and leader in this time. Uh, today, we have the privilege of having Olivia guide our discussion. Yeah. So, I'm going to invite up Olivia, and uh, we're going to give her our attention here this morning as she guides us into this next segment. Thanks, Yukon. Hey, family. I, I like the sound of that. That has a nice ring to it. <laughs> uh, so, the last time I was up here, I think I was leading the discussion on the crucifixion of Jesus. So, 
I feel like the, the bar is a little lower this time around, but I'm kidding. Um, before we get too much into our discussion today, I wanted us to take a moment to reflect on the events that happened in Las Vegas this past week. You know, as a community, even if we aren't in Las Vegas or directly affected by this, I think it's important that we respond um, as a body. And so we're gonna take a moment of silence. Um, I'm sure if you have been watching the news, you are aware that in Las Vegas this past week, there was a shooting. Um, that affected about 50, uh, 58 people were killed and between 400 to 500 people were injured um, um, while they were attending a concert slash festival. Um, so we're gonna take a moment of silence. Um, if you are comfortable praying during this time, if you could um, extend your prayers uh, towards Las Vegas. If you aren't comfortable with praying, maybe you can just reflect on um, those who have lost their lives, those who are injured, and their families. So we're just going to take a moment of silence, um, and then I will say a prayer for us before we get started. Different tragedies and national disasters and um, policies and issues that affect real people in real time, um, when there are things that we don't quite understand, we can't wrap our brains around, I pray that you will give us guidance, um, that you will teach us what we need to do in these times, when there are so many actions that can be taken, when we have desires to react, I pray that you will show us the way so that we can love our neighbors well. We can be present um, to listen to those who need us. But I also pray that we will reach out when we need other people for support, for love. I pray that we will be a community that we are going to read about in Ephesians today that, that responds but is also growing deep in their own spiritual journeys. I pray for those affected in, in Las Vegas in Puerto Rico, and so many other places that are just growing and growing in this list. Um, I pray for the families who lost their loved ones in a, in a moment um, that was so unexpected. I pray for hospitals and other places in the area that are um, trying to, to take care of these people. And we ask that you will be with us today um, and be with them as well. In your name, amen. All right, thank you very much for doing that. I appreciate it. I think the piece of scripture we're gonna read today um, speaks to this need to stop, to reflect, to remember. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but when I read the news or when I'm on social media or when I'm just having discussions with my friends, it can be very overwhelming and I think that um, a lot of times there are uh, moments where I experience a lot of fear or desire to compare myself to other people. And so we get all these messages, all of these scripts that tell us who we are, that tell us who we should be. Um, but I think there is another script that seems to be challenging this, that provides us with hope, and that fills us when we are empty. And we are going to be looking to that script today. We're going to be turning to the teachings of Jesus to find out specifically in Ephesians what he has to say about this. Last week, UConn started us off with the beginning of chapter 1, and now we are going to be looking towards the end of chapter 1. 
just to give you a little bit of background from last week, again, as Yukon shared, Ephesians, which you have the scripture in front of you at your tables, is a, a series of letters that was written by this guy named Paul. And Paul has this amazing encounter with Jesus and becomes a major leader of the Christian movement. We're going to enter that story again today. Um, and I just wanted to remind us that the city of Ephesus, which is who he's writing to, is this epicenter of learning, of culture, of worship to many different gods. Um, and Paul spent some time in Ephesus. He knows about that ministry and hears about their great faith and great love um, from prison. He's imprisoned. Um, so let's see what Paul has to say to the Ephesians, but I think he also has something to say to us today. So I'm going to invite up Denya to read the scripture. Um, and then we're going to get a little bit more into it. Okay. So, Efesios 1, 15 a 23. Por esta razón también yo, habiendo oído de la fe en el Señor Jesús que hay entre vosotros y de vuestro amor por todos los santos, no ceso de dar gracias por vosotros, haciendo mención de vosotros en mis oraciones, pidiendo que el Dios de nuestro Señor Jesucristo, el Padre de Gloria, os dé espíritu de sabiduría y de revelación en un mejor conocimiento de él. Mi oración es que los ojos de vuestro corazón sean iluminados para que sepáis cuál es la esperanza de su llamamiento, cuáles son las riquezas de la gloria de su herencia en los santos y cuál es la extraordinaria grandeza de su poder para con nosotros los que creemos, conforme a la eficacia de la fuerza de su poder, el cual obró en Cristo cuando le resucitó de entre los, ah, de entre los muertos y le sentó a su diestra en los lugares celestiales, por, muy por encima de todo principado, autoridad, poder, dominio y de todo nombre de su, que se nombra, no solo en este siglo, sino también en el venidero. Y todo, so, y todo sometió bajo sus pies a, y a él lo dio por cabeza sobre todas las cosas a la iglesia, la cual es su cuerpo, la plenitud de aquel que lo llena todo en todo. Thank you, Denia. So if you look through this scripture on your own and take a second look through it, you'll see words like rich and glorious inheritance, spiritual wisdom, all of these very uh, spiritual words, and they seem to be describing some sort of relationship with a higher power or some sort of fullness um, that is achieved through this higher power. Before we start to break down some of these verses, I want us to spend some time in discussion with those at our table. Let's make this really personal. If we're talking about spiritual life, spiritual fullness, we are all on different journeys, right? None of us have the same walk. None of us have the same journey. We're all understanding different things at different times. But how would you describe your own personal life? Take a second, think about it, and then share amongst your tables. How would you describe your own spiritual life? All right, let's bring it together. I heard some really great conversations from up here, but I'm curious, are there any brave souls who would like to share? How would you describe your own spiritual life? Hi, my name's Lauren. Um, I would say right now, I'm, my um, partner and I were talking the person I met, that we were saying how, like, you're always constantly learning, 
and that um, even through the stories, you try to apply them to modern times as with Las Vegas and like reflecting on that and trying to see how else you can expand and reach your faith. And I think sometimes hard times push you to those limits, but then you realize like once you get there, you're so much stronger and then you have a new limit. So um, kind of tying it all together and just pursuing and going forward with that. Thank you. So something, yeah, go ahead and give her a clap. So there's constant learning, there's uh, renewing, there's learning more and adapting to different circumstances. Yeah. Anybody else? How would you describe your own spiritual life? Hi, my name is Rachel. Um, one of the things that we discuss at the table is kind of how, um, for me personally, I sometimes have to refocus myself a lot because I start putting things in the center, kind of my destination as something that it shouldn't be, and then I have to like dial back and kind of recalculate, like kind of like a GPS. <laughs> so that's kind of something that I constantly go through. Thanks, Rachel. So there's some sort of refocusing. Uh, your faith is something that you constantly go back to to reflect on. I think that's good. Anybody else? Maybe one more, two more? Valeria. Um, for, hi, my name is Val. Um, from our table, uh, someone shared uh, about like a spiritual zigzag. So maybe feeling like a sinner with no redemption and then feeling good and then feeling like a sinner with no redemption and then feeling good and then so kind of this continuous like perpetual state of zigzagging on a, on a road. Great, thank you. So there's some sort of zigzag. I like that image that you gave. It's not just this linear, linear journey. There's lots of twists and turns. All right, maybe one more. Anybody else in the back there? Um, I describe my uh, spiritual life as like, um, as like a walk of patience a lot because sometimes we feel like it's going to happen overnight or that we're going to learn everything that we need to learn in a month or so and like sometimes we need to realize that this is going to take time and we need to learn everything step by step and we can't just rush through it there's no rushing through your spiritual life good so i'm hearing patience um learning more that that you won't have all the answers immediately. Yeah, I think that's good. Can we give everybody a hand who, who shared? Yeah, thank you, guys. All right. So let's get back to the scripture. Let's, let's take this piece by piece. Um, beginning with verse 15, um, Paul says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. Let's pause right there. People are taking notice of the people in Ephesus who have this strong faith and love for God's people. And Paul, in saying, I have not stopped thanking God for you, seems to be celebrating with them, right? And he's in prison, um, which seems like dire circumstances to me. Um, but he's intentionally asking God to be with them where they are, which I think is very interesting. Uh, and then as we go a little bit more into it, 
I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. That's a very long statement with a lot of different, <laughs> uh, a lot of different clauses here. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance, um, confident hope, hearts will be flooded with light. It seems like he's immediately following praise for them with praise for God. If we go back to verse 15, it says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. And then he moves on into the ways that, that God has been good, that God has been faithful to them. So he didn't say, great job, you guys. These are the gifts you have. Um, I'm really grateful for you. Thank you for doing this. But he immediately moves into how they can experience more and more of God. So he begins with a praise for them and then goes into this long praise for God. Um, and he's saying that he's praying for them constantly, asking God to pour out more of himself. It would seem like they would already be so filled with God and wouldn't necessarily need more because he begins by describing them as people of great faith and of great love. And then he says, hearts flooded with light. Um, hearts flooded with life. And then goes on to describe hope, riches, and power. And it seems like these are free gifts that we can bank on. Hope, riches, and power. It's not something that we have to pay for. It's not something that we, um, it's something that we, that we get for free. Um, and then he asks that they don't just see God, that they don't just know of him, but that they know him deeply. And then we get to the second to last part where he says, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. I don't know about anybody else, but this is probably the point in the passage that I struggle with most. Far above any ruler, far above any authority or power. That is really hard to understand, right? Because we live in a world and we have certain structures that we are, um, are held accountable to, um, and then we see all the things that have been happening um, in our society, in our culture. I actually got a friend, uh, a friend texted me this week um, asking me randomly, do you ever think society will change? Why she texted me that, I'm not sure, but you know, she trusts me, she wanted to have a conversation. Um, 
But the second part is I had no idea how to respond. Because it seems to me that it would be hard to change our society as it is. So the way I eventually figured out how to respond is by saying that while it doesn't seem like society can change from this perspective, when we start to look at passages like this, we're reminded that God actually somehow oversees everything. He's above the rulers and authorities and power, but how does that work when we're actually here on this earth? But I think when we are able to rely on something outside of ourselves, beyond systems, beyond structures, it's actually that that sustains us. So I think that's why the prayer in the beginning is so important because we often want to react, we want to respond, but if we don't go back to that source, we'll be easily burnt out. And I think that's what Paul is trying to remind them here because of their physical circumstances as well. He wants them to not only be blessed in their physical circumstances, but to have a vibrant and a bold spiritual life. And then with the last verse, he says, and the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. I think this kind of contradicts the way that we've understood, or maybe I or society has understood the word church. I think when we think of church or when we describe a church, we think of the physical building, we think of an organization or a ministry. But here Paul is saying the church is his body. It's a group of people that are filled with Christ. As a group, they're filled with Christ. And then as individuals, they are filled with Christ as well. And with that spirit, they are stronger, they are full and complete. So looking back through the verse and those points, it seems like the revolutionary part would be the Ephesians' strong faith, their love, so much so that people are hearing about it, it's touching others, people are wanting to follow. But I'm struck by this part about Paul when he doesn't just go on and continue to praise them, but he's actually hoping that they will experience more of God themselves as individuals. And I think that's the revolutionary part. It goes back to what you shared, that this journey, this spiritual life that you were describing at your tables, it seems like it's a constant journey. It doesn't matter if you've been maybe a believer since you were 12 or 11 or someone who's still exploring and not sure if you believe. It seems there's not too much of a distinction there besides the fact that it needs to be something that is constant. It's a constant encounter. Let's pause. I've said a lot. Understanding this incredible greatness power, spiritual wisdom, what does this all mean for us as individuals? Because I'm sure, as we've discussed so far with this theme, we believe that Christianity or that our faith or being a Christ follower, listening to the teachings of Jesus is revolutionary. 
So then how do we experience this heart that is flooded with light? Let's say you have doubts about this Jesus thing. How can your heart be flooded with light? What if there's darkness? Or what if you are one of the Ephesians who people know to be as someone with great faith? How does this passage apply to you? I'll give you a personal um, example of something I've been processing this week. Um, I feel like I'm living this out real time. Uh, I don't know about anybody else, but I have this ideal person in my head of who I'm supposed to be. Um, I was talking to some friends about this earlier this week. She, this ideal person, uh, internalizes every message that she's ever received about what it means to be young, about what it means to be a woman, uh, what it means to be a black woman, what it means to be Nigerian, what it means to be successful, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a leader, what it means to be a Christian leader. <laughs> we could go on and on and on. Um, and there are no gaps, no slip-ups. She fulfills all of these. She's carefree. She walk, walks in confidence. Um, people look to her as a leader. Um, and she gets up here. And she doesn't experience anxiety or confusion. She's just... She's perfect. But she's also following a set of rules, a set of requirements, and she feels the weight of the pressure when she's exposed, when she's vulnerable. And this lie, because the ideal person is what I would like to be in my head, uh, this lie that I hear over and over again is because I can't be that, that I'm somehow a hypocrite and that God is disappointed and mad at me. But when I was reading this passage and other passages this week, I saw that um, while I believe that, that as someone who is a leader, as someone who follows Jesus, that I should already get it, that that's, that's just not the way it works. And so I experienced this week a gent gentler side of God that I didn't know existed, a gentler side that cares about me, that tells me that I can live in the tension of not having all the answers of, yes, I'm young, and yes, I experience all this pressure, but that I could stand up here and learn with all of you as well. But in the process, all those other fears and lies kept me distant, distant from God. Um, but if that were the case, if I were supposed to be this ideal, perfect person, then what would be the point of Christ dying at all? Not really serving him. I'm kind of serving myself because I see myself as this God, as someone who has to maintain control. Um, but the reality is that I need a touch from God just as much as someone that's never experienced him at all. Um, he's not mad or disappointed at me. And when I saw that new side of him this, this week, that gentler side, it liberated me, it gave me freedom, it gave me energy to be who I was already created to be. So again, I'm, I'm living this now as we speak. 
So no matter where you're at, uh, revolutionary Christianity involves a constant encounter with Jesus. Even the most seasoned faith needs to be refreshed by digging deeper and learning that new side of God that you had never explored before. And that's where we start to see that full picture of who he is. Again, Paul started off by praising them for being great and faithful and loving. But he also said, I want you to experience so much more. I want you to have wisdom. I want you to receive that hope, the riches, the inheritance, all of that for free. So again, how do we apply this to where we're at today? I think there's two takeaways that are really important. The first one is, involves, is there a next one? No, that's okay. The first one is, this is a challenge. Reflect on your spiritual life with fresh eyes this week, no matter where you're at. And then thank God for wanting to give you more of himself. Again, that's reflect on your spiritual life with fresh eyes this week, no matter where you're at. And thank God for wanting to give you more of himself. I want us as ethnos to be like the Ephesians that people write about. Um, and not because we're a community of people gathered together in a building, but because individually we've all experienced that love of God and we want to know more about him. And people see that. Not because we have a perfect faith, not because you're perfect or because you've traveled in this linear line, but faith that has been tested, faith that wants to know more and says, I don't, I don't have all the answers but I want to learn with you. And I, I want someone to write that letter one day that ascends even our current cultural moment. Like Ethnos was that group of people that were so filled with Christ, and when things happened, yes, they were swayed, but they were able to stand strong and have great faith and love for all people. All people, emphasis on the all people. So again, I challenge you this week, and I challenge myself to reflect on your spiritual life with fresh eyes and to thank God for wanting to give you more of himself. I think that is revolutionary Christianity when you experience God constantly and dig deeper to learn more about his character. So I want to wrap up by praying this passage over all of us. Um, hopefully it blesses you and sends you out to, um, to take on those challenges that I mentioned. So if you could bow your heads with me if you're comfortable, I will pray this over us. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. 
asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. I pray this for us as ethnos, and I pray this for you as an individual, that you will grow deeper in your love of God, but that you will also grow deeper in receiving his love. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Thank you, Olivia. You know, there's something very powerful, isn't there, about the words of the scriptures of Jesus. And to hear those prayed for us, even though they were written some 2,000 years ago, it is something we need, isn't it? I mean, it just it connects deeply because that spiritual journey we are on is the same that everyone through history has been on. And it's so good to know that these ancient words uh, still apply to us. So thank you, Olivia, for bringing us through that here today. Um, as Olivia mentioned, and as the scriptures pointed out, this does all revolve around the person of Jesus, and we definitely want to encourage you this morning, if you have yet to figure out Jesus, if you have yet to kind of enter that journey and trying to understand who he is, definitely get engaged with that journey. Uh, last week, we highlighted some free resources that answer questions about Jesus and dilemmas about the faith. Uh, we want to encourage you to get there. We also want to encourage you to go to our mid-week uh, gatherings uh, throughout New Brunswick and Highland Park to explore more about Jesus and his relevance and his power in our lives. And so please uh, make note of those things as well. Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.